is a disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm not here with my co-host, Lee. I'm Lee, and I'm not here with my co-host, Peter. And today you're joining us for a Tragedy Tuesday, brought to you by Lee. First of all, I'm going to do the housekeeping that I normally do. If you're new here, welcome. If you want to start at the beginning, I would say that that is a great idea. If you go back to the very first episode and work your way through everything, that might be helpful because a lot of times we'll do... We'll reference previous episodes, not like inside jokes, but uh, sometimes we'll be like, hey, remember episode one when we talked about the Plague of Athens? And if you've heard it, you can be like, hey, I know that episode. So do that. If you listen to all that and you like what you heard, the best thing you can do to help us out is to tell a friend to listen. Uh, the next best thing you can do is to subscribe and to leave a rating or review if you haven't already. You can keep up with us on social media at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can check out our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com, and our Patreon.com, slash This Disaster Pod, where you get tons of bonus content, micro-disasters every two weeks, access to live streams when we do major disasters, and the like. If you're under a shirt, I know that they're being made as we speak. Currently, ink is being applied to cotton. As we speak. It, indeed. And then, yeah. then they'll... Then it'll dry and we'll put it in packages and mail it out to you. So keep an eye out. Sweet. I'm just going to let Lee take away our Tragedy Tuesday. Lee, take it away. I'm going to take it away. I'm just going to get my notes ready because I thought you were doing one tonight, but that's okay. I'm ready. Oh. <laughs> I'm ready to rip. It's all good. Okay. Yeah, no, no, my, I didn't, I didn't have time to put mine together. Well, no, no, yeah. no worries. I'm ready. I'm prepared and I got one. Sweet. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. So this one definitely slipped my mind. When I say that, I mean like if it had been in my mind, it would have been like the first thing I would have talked about on this show. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, musical disasters. I got one. <laughs> and uh, I'm especially disappointed with myself that this slipped my mind when I did my episode about disastrous concerts, which was uh, a few episodes back. But, you know, we talked about uh, the Who concert in Cincinnati mm -hmm. and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Check that out. Who? I don't know. Who? Some band. Uh, I don't know. Okay. So uh, <laughs> as far as disastrous concerts go, this tops the list. Without okay. question. And wow. the band in question is Great White. Okay. And already probably many people know exactly which event I am referring to. The most, you're saying more disastrous than like, we've talked about Altamont. We've talked about Woodstock 99. Um, I mean, not on a numbers level, but just on a just purely oh, okay. disastrous. Like, yeah, well. Okay. Here we go. I'll All let right. you be the judge. Bring it on. So, uh, Great White... LA band got started around 1977 <laughs> and just a quick sidebar to start things off on great white Noise. lead singer. Yeah, exactly. I've done this before. So we're talking about a uh, great white lead singer, Jack Russell. Okay. Who may or may not be a terrier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just dog's name. Dog's names. Uh, and at least one event in his life of which I was not aware before this because um, I'm not a fan of this band because they are super, super okay. lame. Uh, <laughs> but it turns out he's a real piece of shit. Okay. Uh, shortly after the band got started, he was arrested in 1979 for shooting a live-in maid in a botched robbery attempt and sentenced to eight years in prison of which he served 
18 months. Jesus. He rejoined the band once he got out and sidebar. Holy crap. <laughs> that's like, that's the shortest and worst sidebar we've ever had. <laughs> I know. And that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. It's just some little Holy... fact that I unearthed. Just sidebar disaster. Okay, good. Yeah, exactly. A checkered past. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to Great White. They experienced popularity mm -hmm. in the 80s as a hard rock, heavy metal, glam metal type band alongside the likes okay. of Bon Jovi, Poison, Motley Crue, Warrant, etc., etc. Okay. Probably reached their peak of popularity in 1989 with their hit Once Bitten, Twice Shy, which mm -hmm. is actually a cover of an Ian Hunter song, he of Mott the Hoople fame. Okay. Uh, I remember hearing it a bunch around, you know, at the time it was popular. I never knew it wasn't their song. It was something, okay. yeah, like, again, I didn't care. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> but I always thought, like, it's it's always a kind of, um like, a hollow victory when your your biggest hit is a cover song. Ugh. Oh, yeah, you know, biggest hit, too. Yeah. yeah, like, the song you're best known for is like, hey, yeah. we're Alien Ant Farm. Here's Smooth oh, Criminal. Damn it. I do... Know really like that song or at least i did it. i did at the time yeah sure <laughs> um, um but yeah that's i guess not hits but we've talked about that before how like a lot of times my a band's favorite song of mine will be a cover yeah. and it's worse when i find out after the fact the, that's not like, even their song thought molly's lips was such a banger right <laughs> like, yeah oh, nirvana that's... really killed it <laughs> that's why it's so much better than your other songs <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So as we know, um, heavy metal in general was very much on the outs once the 90s rolled around. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Nirvana. <laughs> 90s will do that. Yeah, uh, blew everyone's nips off with uh, Teen Spirits and Nevermind mm -hmm. and the like. Mm -hmm. um, glam metal in particular was very much in the crosshairs as even before then it was being eclipsed by Harder, edgier forms of metal, i.e. thrash metal, death metal, Metallica, mm -hmm. Megadeth, Slayer, all those guys, so on yep, and so yep. forth. Mm -hmm. Once grunge came along and ushered the alternative nation underground into the overground, right. uh, <laughs> that's a word, uh, yep. that was pretty much it. Mm -hmm. And I distinctly remember an interview with Jack Russell Okay. Uh, Terrier, which was conducted probably as Nirvana were quickly becoming the biggest band in the world. Mm -hmm. And he was sort of assuring everyone out there that hard rock and metal were here to stay, that they had already weathered the storm of new wave music. And he made reference to Flock of Seagulls. You know that band? I ran so far. Oh, I know away. that very well. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> And how they never resorted to wearing skinny ties or getting that flock of seagulls hairdo. It's like a very specific hairdo. And right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Trading their guitars for synthesizers and all that. Instead, they stuck to their hard rock guns and outlasted those wimps. So with much bravado, he said something along the lines of, I'll get a job in a shoe store if that grunge stuff takes the place of hard rock and metal. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> Uh, well, I'll take a size level 11 and a half. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Russell. Um, because as we know, that's 
that's what happened. Not forever, but you know, for a good ten years there, the you know, yeah. metal was passe. Mm-hmm. Um, not cool. The world overdosed on metal. The world overdosed on metal. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. There needed to be a change. Um, mm-hmm. But like most bands of that era, they s- didn't simply disappear. Great White continued releasing albums throughout the 90s, touring relentlessly behind them. Mm-hmm. Uh, gone were the days of headlining stadiums, but I'm guessing they could still pull a decent crowd throughout the U.S. club circuit, at least, uh, despite mm-hmm. being effectively irrelevant in the eyes of the tastemakers of the world. Right. Um, they did break up briefly around 2001, only to reform a year later as Jack Russell's Great White. Okay. Which is always awkward when there's like two different versions of a band or I don't know if right. two Great Whites, but it's always like... All the <laughs> different versions of the Beach Boys. Exactly. Al Jardine's Beach Boys. Yeah. Mike loves Beach Boys. Yeah. So this brings us to the night in question. Yep. February 20th, 2003, West Warwick, Rhode Island, USA. Awesome. Great White were scheduled to headline this particular Thursday night at the Station Nightclub. By the time Great mm-hmm. White took the stage, just past 11 p.m., there were just shy of 500 people packed into the club. And that's exactly what I was just saying. 500 people? Can you imagine? Like on a Thursday night in February. No. I We've played Thursday nights in February. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no. I'd rather sit at <laughs> home and, to, and and do nothing with nobody than... <laughs> yeah, we, we've played Thursday night shows in February and we got approximately a hundredth of that crowd. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's demoralizing. Including us, so two people. Not a cool band, but they're, you know, doing all right. Well, I mean, they're, they are called Great White, not just not Okay White. Good White. It's yeah. great. Exactly. <laughs> When it um, is great, they call you great. <laughs> <clears throat> we got to work on that saying, Jack. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming he's a literal dog. He's, uh, yes, he is the mind of a dog. So, yeah, nice big crowd. And here's the other thing. Um, mm-hmm. A key factor of where everything went wrong on this particular night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> glam metal... In the 80s, yeah, um, was all about everything being big, glitzy, yeah. kitschy, uh-huh. cheesy, over the top. The mm-hmm. makeup, the hairspray, the spandex, crazy guitars. Yeah. And of course, this is also going to apply to the live show, which must include... Oh, no. Is it pyrotechnics? It oh, is pyrotechnics. Shit. Smoke, lasers, sparks, <sighs> and fire. Hey, what happens when you introduce fire to hairspray? <laughs> <laughs> you just, it's just a wonderful combination. Okay, good. Uh, good. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the show is starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, first song, which for anyone who cares, was a song called Desert Moon from the 1991 okay. album Hooked. So I care. Okay, there you go. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> yep. uh, tour manager Daniel Bichelle is getting things started off with a bang <laughs> by setting off a shower of sparks 
which would reach their crescendo as Jack Russell Terrier takes the stage. <laughs> oh boy. That's just, isn't it? Just um, comes pattering out his little neck, <laughs> his little <laughs> collar <laughs> jangling. <laughs> He's excited. <laughs> um, so these effects are known as GURBs, and they're basically these cylindrical <laughs> devices which produce a controlled spray of sparks. Okay. First off, just made up name. Like you just know that was like a it was like a f- five four fifty five on a Friday, <laughs> and somebody just spent the entire week naming pyrotechnics. Yeah, yeah. and they've all got like really good names. Yeah, but towards the end, it's just like. Spar- sparkly poo. Yeah. Um, Flarb. Flashy flash. Yeah. Oh, I really got to get home. I don't know. Fucking Gerb. 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 I'm out of here. Write it, it's like, write it down. See ya. That's just a noise. <laughs> <laughs> that's nothing. <laughs> okay. He's <Gerbs>. the boss. <laughs> he said it. I'm writing it down. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> so, Gerbs is what we're dealing with. So, there were four yep. Gerbs in total. Uh, placed at various angles. Um, the 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 two in question were sort of angled inward, kind of like the top two parts of a mm-hmm. isosceles triangle. Hey, hey, check out the brain on triangles. <laughs> triangles are cool. <laughs> uh, so they're spraying sparks about 15 feet for 15 seconds. The two I'm talking about were responsible for igniting the flammable acoustic foam on both sides and the top center of the drum area around the back of the stage. So, you know, the okay. ceiling gets lower as the drum riser yeah. gets, you know, yeah. you can yeah. picture yeah. it. Are they responsible for doing that on purpose or are they the ones that accidentally lit it on fire? <laughs> it was not on purpose. They, they were oh. just the culprits, you could say. Okay. And mm-hmm. someone gotcha. had a little bit of like foresight would have been like this ain't Wembley maybe hold (laughs) off on the GURPS (laughs) so Uh. that's the literal match okay and the powder keg in question is almost exactly that as well or arguably worse okay Mm -hmm. yeah so the acoustic foam that was ignited was made up of highly flammable urethane foam in close proximity to polyethylene foam okay now the former will go up like a tinder box when exposed mm-hmm. to flame mm-hmm. the latter normally being very difficult to ignite but when ignited which it was thanks mm-hmm. to the urethane <laughs> polyethylene releases much more heat than urethane oh boy yeah uh oh boy ugh. another another so if you were looking for like a combination of materials to maximize damage due to fire would you say it's these two <laughs> if you're going out of your way to like you know yeah cause some real carnage those yeah. would be your two bad boys right there okay cool yeah cool i'm not saying they did it on purpose i don't think anyone thinks that but mm-hmm. if they did do it on purpose well, no. nothing would be different <laughs> <laughs> nice it's a popular argument I like to use when mm-hmm. you know something doesn't go my way like I'm not saying it's your fault mm-hmm. I'm not saying you meant to do it but if you did mean to do it everything would be the same <laughs> very mature way of making your point that is awesome <laughs> oh, I'm gonna use that <laughs> you should use that when you're a lawyer 
I'm going to. You should. Next time. I think you'll win. If I'm ever in court, if I'm ever, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to try and work that into an argument somewhere. <laughs> the judge like the, is just like, you know, the crossing <laughs> a line through your name at some like, nope. <laughs> just as I'm in front of him, just like line through it. Which actually reminds me, I was reading a case the other day. Yeah. I was reading a case, like a judgment the other day, and there was a line in there that said, um, or it quoted like an old adage that I'd never heard before, but it was, everyone's entitled to be stupid, but some people abuse the pr- the privilege. <laughs> <laughs> but that was written in a judgment, and it was that's, so perfect. <laughs> that's funny. That's very uh, officious and courtroom-like. Not. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Another not-so-fun fact about burning mm. urethane is that it instantly develops opaque, dark smoke with oh, deadly carbon monoxide and hydrogen cyanide gas. Oof. That's not what you want in the air. No. So basically, you breathe this shit in for 10 to 15 seconds. Chances are you'll lose consciousness and eventually die of internal suffocation. Yeah, cyanide will do that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. classic poison. Yeah, it disrupts your disrupts the electron transport chain in the mitochondria, so you can't produce ATP, and then you die. Oh, look at the big brain on cyanide. <laughs> <laughs> Smart I motherfucker. Use it a lot in the lab. <laughs> um, so many assume the burning ceiling was all part of the act. Okay. Oh God! Of course, where are we? Right. Glam metal concert, and even oh, the music video for the song they were playing, Desert Moon, features the band playing Surrounded by Flames. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So, when it quickly became apparent that this was not a controlled fire, the band stopped playing with Jack Russell casually comment, commenting into Terrier. the mic. Oh, Terrier. Wow, that's not good. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jack. Yeah. So glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Into you're the really microphone. in control of this situation. <laughs> um, so we're talking 2003. And none of, you know, we, we all had cell phones. Yeah, right. Uh, but certainly not smartphones and nothing that could grab a decent video of anything. Right. I don't even yeah. think we were taking pictures back then or maybe the super fancy ones were. 2000, yeah, 2003. <clears throat> That's pre-iPhone. It's like four years pre-iPhone. Yeah, I think I still had like the little LED screen on wh- whatever yeah. I was rocking. Yeah. Um, but turns out there was a camera present that captured the entire incident as oh, it good. unfolded. Brian Butler, a camera person mm-hmm. employed by WPRITV of Providence, was there mm-hmm. for a planned piece on irony of all ironies nightclub safety oh for the piece was being reported by jeffrey derdurian a wpri news reporter who also happened to be a co-owner of the station the club mm. so well taking mm-hmm. his own mm. club oh, of that. right yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but the report had been inspired by another nightclub disaster which had taken place just three days before in chicago where 21 people were killed during a stampede of people Holy panicking crap. after security used pepper spray to attempt to defuse a fight. Oh my God. That's nuts. Yeah. 
when I got to this point, I was like, I'm doing the wrong topic here. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we'll loop back around to that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll put a pin in that. Holy crap. Um, yeah. So Brian Butler was front and center as Great White took the stage, camera rolling, and he got it all. And the time okay. it takes for everything to unfold is nothing short of shocking. Really? So the pyro, the pyro's going off, bands rocking mm-hmm. out. Jack Russell, yeah. Terrier, Terrier takes the mic. <laughs> <laughs> he fetches the mic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once the sparks are done, you can see the flames crawling up the walls and on the ceiling. And um, mm-hmm. this guy, Brian the cameraman he clearly knew something was wrong right away he backs off uh as do many mm-hmm. others although from his personal account many more as i said assumed as part of the show or for whatever reason just mm-hmm. kind of stood there and didn't react as quickly as they maybe should have right yeah yeah and that's something we bring up on the show over and over again like the speed which these things can develop is scary yeah Coupled with your inertia. Coupled with your inertia and like, just, just that these things tend to happen so anticlimactically compared to the movies yeah. we watch and our ideas in our head of, you know, yeah. big yeah. disastrous events being, you know, big. Well, yeah. Significant. No, the the movie analogy especially. Like there's no there's no tension music indicating mm-hmm. that there's something bad about to happen. Oh no, something bad's <laughs> about to happen. Yeah. There's no feeling of, oh, everyone's too happy. Something is, you know, the yeah. other shoe is about to drop. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah, once once the gerbs cease showering the stage with sparks and the not fire is going, um, mm-hmm. not 30 seconds later, the entire stage is engulfed in flames. Oh, my God. Um, so people at this point are definitely vacating en masse. You can hear the fire alarm whooping in the background. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit of a panic setting in, but for the most part, it's just people filing toward the exit quickly, but relatively mm-hmm. orderly. And that's, it's about the one minute mark where Brian Butler has made it outside and he kind mm-hmm. of runs down an alley and for whatever reason, he turns and makes his way back to the door, um, presumably right. to you know try to help out. Um, he claims to have yeah. kicked out a window at some point here. You can't really see it, but you do see like I was talking about the black smoke before um, from the urethane. Mm-hmm. It's just pouring out of the building, like it's nuts. Holy crap! So by the time he gets back to the door, this is now one minute thirty yeah. seconds since the fire started, and the main entrance slash exit is just clogged yeah. with people like to the ceiling. Holy crap. It's an unbelievable, oh. absolutely horrible sight. And, um, Jesus, a minute and 30 seconds. Yeah, that's all it took. Um, Nightmare. and people were just apparently so jammed in that it was virtually impossible yeah. to remove anyone from the crush. Oh man. So that's where the available footage stops. Uh, from there, it's just clips. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thanks. Um, I mean, I probably mm-hmm. yeah, if you if you're that kind of person, probably could have searched around for raw, but I'm I'm good. 
but yeah, it might uh, be yeah. out there. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, but it does yeah. cut to about five minutes in, and it's just this gigantic fire situated around this sort of vague outline of a what could be a building. Like it's oh my god, it's just <laughs> so okay. I I'm assuming you're gonna get it in the like causes and stuff. Oh yeah. Well, we know what the cause is, yeah. but. This place, how big was this place? Was it big enough to have pyrotechnics inside? Um, well, that the you know the <clears throat> there's a little bit of a disagreement on that. Um, okay, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming right okay. up to that. So, um, oh, okay. The official number of, of attendees that night was 462. Um, of these, mm-hmm. 100 lost their lives with another 230 injured, either from burns, smoke inhalation, thermal trauma, or trampling. Oh my God. What was was the number? Uh, 100 dead, 230 injured. Yeah. And included in the dead was great great white guitarist Ty Longley, who some say made it outside successfully, but then went back in to try to save his guitar. Oh, his guitar. Yeah. Which I mean, again, we've we've talked about stuff okay. like that on this show. It's like I made it out. Yeah, I'm good. I can, I know I can get my guitar. I, I know I can run back yeah. in. Like that would cross my I, mind. I could do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Because you don't think about like it's yeah you know, like fire. I can outrun fire. It's like oh man, it's a smoke. Yeah. I've seen a campfire. Yeah. I can deal with campfires. I'll jump. I'll it. just I'll just I'll quicken it out. Quicken it out. <laughs> so. Oh my God. Yeah. So the aftermath that followed was a predictable shit show. Um, mm-hmm. The club claimed they did not give the band permission to use pyro. The band claimed that they mm-hmm. were given permission. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, big surprise. Uh, the, right. the National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST, yep. through myriads mm-hmm. of tests and recreations, concluded that a fire sprinkler system would have contained the fire long enough for everyone to get out safely. Mm -hmm. The kind of system that they totally had? Uh, Well, turns out they were exempt from requiring such a system due to its size and age. Mm. Uh, However, at some point in its existence, the building converted from a restaurant to a nightclub, thus experiencing an occupancy boost which effectively dissolved mm-hmm. the exemption, something fire inspectors never mm-hmm. noticed. Uh-huh. So okay. basically, it sounds like they were grandfathered into this exemption or whatever. Yeah. It just kind of went with it because like who wants to gut your right. restaurant slash club and have to put in a stupid dumb sprinkler system? People that want their patrons to survive, I guess. Yeah, people that <laughs> don't want to go down to history is the worst. Yeah, the station nightclub fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, in any event, the station was legally required to have a sprinkler system on the night in question. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, December 2003, Jeffrey and Michael Durdurian, the two owners of the station, and... Yep. Daniel Bichelle, Great White's road manager at the time of the fire and the one who set off the sparks, were each charged with mm-hmm. 200 counts of 
involuntary manslaughter, and that's two mm-hmm. charges per death, as there were two different theories of crime, uh, one being criminal negligence manslaughter and the other being misdemeanor manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a double down. The brothers pleaded not guilty while Bichelle, against his lawyer's advice, pleaded guilty. Uh, so Bichelle received mm-hmm. a sentence of 15 years with four to serve and 11 years suspended, as well as three years parole. Okay. So he was released in March of 2008. Okay. As for the brothers, approaching their trials, which were separate in 2006, um, mm-hmm. they changed their pleas from not guilty to no contest, effectively avoiding trial altogether. Uh, okay. Peter, can you please explain what that means? Uh, no. No, can't? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not there no, yet? No, I, I actually, I don't know. Hold on. Well, no, I just, well, first of all, I don't, I don't, do, I don't do criminal stuff, but I'm pretty sure okay. that's just a U.S. thing. Like in Canada, in Canada, you can't plead no contest. Okay. What um, is it? What does it mean though? Do you have, do you have like a vague idea of the, the concept of no contest? Uh, yeah. So you kind of. I think the idea is that you kind of accept that you're being charged with something, but you you just don't plead either way. So somehow it's so it's, it's like it's a sort of like it's kind of like uh, it's almost like no opinion kind of thing. Like somebody says, like you 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 burn these people alive, uh-huh. and you're like, okay, I under I understand that you're accusing me of that. Proceed. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing um, whereas you know in in canada i think they they need you to either say no i didn't or yeah you got me right it's so whereas funny that in the a states, third option in, i think yeah i think in the states it's, it's essentially like i'm not admitting either way so make your case and you know so essentially it's an admission of guilt without admitting you're guilty <laughs> More or less, like like no going one, any further. I I would be I would be making it up if I went any further. <laughs> okay, you're gonna plead the fifth. Yes, also I am also a U.S. indeed, <laughs> also a U.S. thing. Okay, but so, if there's any U.S. lawyers listening that want to clarify no contest versus guilty versus yeah, innocent, get in touch. Chime in. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, school us because yeah. we're clearly indeed philistines. Yeah, in in Canada you only <laughs> in Canada you only have guilty and innocent. That's right. So we see it one way or the other. That's how we rock it up here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, sure. um, mm-hmm. so they pleaded no contest. They avoided trial, which in this case, yeah. they're basically saying, you know, guilty. <laughs> but I'm not going to say guilty. I have rights. Yeah. Right. Okay. So <laughs> Michael Durdurian received exactly the same sentence as Daniel Bichelle 15 years, mm-hmm. four to serve, 11 suspended, three years probation. Jeffrey Durdurian mm-hmm. received a 10-year suspended sentence, three years probation, and 500 hours of community service. The difference between the sentences reflected each one's involvement in the purchasing and installation of the flammable foam. Okay. So, fair enough. Uh, yeah. The brothers were also fined $1.7 million for failing to carry workers' compensation insurance for their employees, four of whom died in the fire. Hmm. <laughs> so they're good guys. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And uh sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Michael Durdurian was released from prison in 2009, three months early for good behavior. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, at least he got out on good behavior. <laughs> at least he behaved well. In Although prison. then, I mean, it's another situation. Okay. This one's a little, a little more clear cut that they should have known better. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, there's other situations where it's, you know, there's other situations where it's like, okay, you need someone to blame. So I get it. But mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is one where it's like, okay, we blame no, you. You should have looked at the place and been like, oh, we can't light this on fire because it's indoors <laughs> yeah. and this place is going to burn down. Yeah. Or, you know, this place in general is kind of a fire hazard without a sprinkler system. Yeah. That's something to look at. Yep. Where, you know, the guy <laughs> who literally set it off is, yes, yes, I did it. I'm sorry. Right. No, no, no. Don't say not guilty. Say you're not guilty. Shut up. I'm yeah. guilty. No. <laughs> and you guys are too. <laughs> Um, oh, so that's it. I, yeah. I'm great. White is still a band, probably still stinking it up somewhere. And, um, <laughs> that's, probably a lot less pyrotechnics. Yeah. Probably learned a lesson. Yeah. Oh my God. Probably still haunted by the specter of this night till their dying day. Let's, well, let's give them, that. I guess, I guess I hope so. <laughs> One would hope. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I think I knew about that vaguely. And I think I've seen some clips of the video from the fire. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I remember being just dumbstruck when it happened. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Can't believe I forgot. I'm, I'm pretty sure the station club fire is the reason that my mom didn't want me going to concerts. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it could burn, Peter. I mean, I, w- I, w- I went to concerts, but her concern was that people burn alive. At concerts. Yeah. <laughs> Not that you would like do drugs. Or, no, yeah. no. It's that the, the venue would burn down. That was the mm. concern. <laughs> well. And I'm pretty sure maybe she saw a show, you know, a, a news report on the station club night fire or the Probably station club fire. influenced her quite a bit. I mean, when would you have started yeah. going to concerts? This was in 2003? Yeah. Well, you were probably then. going by then. Yeah, I was going by then for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe it wasn't this. Maybe it was something Just else. Just didn't maybe help there was matters. Other fires. There was, there's been other no, fires. We no. know that. Yeah, we, we sure do. <laughs> I remember, I think I might have talked about it on the show already, but the closest I feel like I've ever come to dying at a show. Yeah. Was, so uh, I went to see Muse at Capital, what was it called? Capital Music Hall back when yeah. it still existed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which it's condos now, but I remember, I don't think I actually thought I was going to die, but I do remember the place was packed uh-huh. and they were, everyone at one point was jumping up and down at the same time <laughs> and you could feel the floor like bowing. And it was a situation where like, if we'd done that for like maybe four or five songs, right. we might've been in the basement of that venue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just crushed. But that was a similar situation. That venue, I picture it about the same size as the station. Yeah, that uh, seems and like probably a similar capacity. Roughly feels like a 500 five hundred five to place. maybe a thousand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a huge yeah. place. It's like a, a yeah mid-sized nightclub or was. Yeah, that was a. Pretty, yeah. I saw Motorhead there. I saw Tortoise. Like lots of a real variety of uh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw. Um, I yeah, saw so Dream funny there. What do you see? Dream, I saw Dream Theater. You did? There. I was in a Dream Theater for like a summer. Nice. You're a prog. <laughs> you're a progman. 
I thought I was. <laughs> I'm I'm not. No, that's good. <laughs> yeah. No. That was like I, I I was really into them for a while, but then after a while I got I got sick of all of the solos all of yeah. the time. Yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> like I I get it. You guys are all amazing musicians. <laughs> they are legitimately amazing musicians. Of course. I don't need a reminder every song. Yeah. They are the most entertained people in that room, I think. <laughs> I, I yep, exactly. Yep. It's like when you, sh- you you like go to a house party and there's also a band playing and they're all like soloing and like they're the yeah. Yeah. You're having the most fun right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having said that, I have been that band. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely been that band. Multiple times. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, in, I plead no contest oh to that. No contest. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think in the meantime, I did like a little bit of research and I think to put a finer point on it, no contest, you admit to the facts, but you don't admit to your guilt. Oh, okay. You did some research I, just now. I think that's how it works. That's amazing. Uh, just a little bit, just a little just, quick, just uh, a little bit while, while we were talking. like it. I like it. No, no, no. I just, I just, Quick, you know, because quick, quick, like wiki. a quick, you know. I, I looked it up. I looked it up. <laughs> but I think good. the difference That's is research. when you when you like not 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 guilty is I guess when you say not guilty, you don't admit to the facts or right. that you're guilty. No contest is like yeah that happened, but I'm not guilty. Yeah, 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 yeah. All that you're yeah. saying that happened is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will not argue with that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and I will also take yeah. whatever consequences yeah. you lay out for. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not guilty. Uh, so you got music to go with that? <laughs> yeah, I got a great white thong. No. They're terrible. Oh, you do? I don't want to suggest. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, go listen to Great <laughs> You don't want to put anybody want. through that? I do not. <laughs> I'm suffering enough. Okay. No, the song that kept playing through my head as I was as I was doing this, because I kept saying, especially with the fallout of it, it's like, like Man, yeah. you guys, you fucked up. And um, so happens there's a Ween song, a song by the man Ween called okay. You Fucked Up. And <laughs> I mean, nice. in their case, I think it's nice. about like a girl who like dumped them. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah. It, it, it works perfectly because I just hear it like, you fucked up, you bitch. <laughs> you, you know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Ween are a ridiculous band. And, and it's a ridiculous song, but I think it's appropriate. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, and you heard a bunch of it just now. Just now. So thanks, Lee, for that tragic Tuesday. Oh, my pleasure. That horrific, horrific, tragic Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, if you liked what you heard just now, the best thing you can do to help us out is to tell a friend to listen. Not in a, not in a cl- night. Cl- no, I can't do that. No. We think we can't go to concerts anymore, so you just won't have no, that opportunity. True. Yeah, don't do it at a concert, and definitely don't do it with pyrotechnics. Don't. No, nah, don't. Because you know. Because you know. Yeah, don't do that. Could lead no to pyrotechnics. Unless you're unless you're Ramstein and you're all like licensed pyrotechnicians, mm. don't don't mess with pyrotechnics. They've messed around with some gerbs in their day. I'm gonna say. They sh- they sure have. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, Gerbstein, more like Gerbstein. Am I right? Gerbstein, I think. <laughs> Yep. 
the next best thing you can do to help us out is to subscribe and leave a rating or review. I think Apple Podcast is still a great place to do that. You can go on our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com to get all of our content in one place. You can check us out on social medias at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And on patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod where you get tons of bonus content, micro disasters every two weeks, and all that other great stuff. Uh, coming up next week, we've got another brand new feature. Uh, I think, do I, do I say what it's called? Yeah. Pre- sneak called. preview. Just say what it's called. Cool. It's, it's called, okay. I'm just going to, I'm just, I'll give the title and then I'll let you guys fill in the blanks. Yeah. It's called album autopsy <laughs> with, with Lee and Peter. Well, I right. that part's redundant, we're, we're <laughs> right. but it's album autopsy. It's the two of us. Although I was thinking sometimes maybe, uh, Seems like the kind of thing that uh, Trial Andy might have some things to contribute. So yeah, feature, we'll definitely it'll bring be like a three-way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so I think that's pretty much it for today, and uh, we'll see you in our next major disaster. Bye. Bye. Bye.